वेलकम बैक टू अनदर टोस माय सेल्फ संकेत लोढ़ा एंड आई एम अ मेडिकल स्टूडेंट एट एमएचएमसी नाशिक सो फ्रेंड्स एज एवरी वीक आई एम अगेन बैक विद अ फ्रेश पॉडकास्ट वेर वी डिस्कस डिफरेंट टॉपिक्स ऑफ मेडिसिन फ्रॉम इट्स इटियोपैथोजेनेसिस एंड हाउ विल बी द पेशेंट कमिंग टू अस एंड हाउ वी आर गोइंग टू इन्वेस्टिगेट द कंडीशन वॉट मॉडर्न मेडिसिन प्रोवाइड एज अ ट्रीटमेंट एंड वॉट इज द स्कोप फॉर होम्योपैथी इफ यू मिस्ड माई लास्ट पॉडकास्ट विच वॉज ऑन टॉपिक ऑफ न्यूमोथोरैक्स यू कैन चेक इट आउट ऑन Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Overcast, and Radio Public by searching Sanket Lodha, where I started my journey with the pulmonology or the respiratory system, and moving forward, in few podcasts our respiratory system is going to end, and we are going to start with the fresh and new system. So you can suggest me which system should I take next, and for any doubt you can. DM me on my Instagram handle Sanket Loda one zero one. So let's start with our today's topic, and our today's topic is cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis is also called mucoviscidosis, as in this condition the secretions in the body, especially related to the pancreas, become thick and viscid. So what happens in cystic fibrosis? Basically, every secretion of the body turns to viscid and thick, and every fluid that turns to thick and viscid which will naturally going to create some errors in our physiology which will lead to certain problems and complications in our body now let us see in detail about cystic fibrosis and how it create complications in the patient it is an genetically acquired condition and comes under autosomal recessive pattern of inheritance so it is an genetically acquired condition where there is defect in the long arm of chromosome number 7 which contain a gene known as CFTR gene which is cystic fibrosis transmembrane conductance regulator gene i repeat cystic fibrosis transmembrane conductance regulator gene so this gene produces an protein of name CFTR protein which has sequence of 1480 amino acid and the major defect that is seen so in this gene basically multiple defects can be detected through the dna analysis the most common defect is on gene number 508 which produces the protein phenylalanine now let us check out how this phenylalanine causes various problem in life of the patient so in our respiratory system we have this mucociliary escalator this mucociliary escalator is made up of pseudo stratified columnar epithelium so this periciliary fluid in our normal physiology is in a liquid state and have to hydrate to maintain its liquid consistency so in cystic fibrosis what happens this liquid consistency is not maintained in the whole respiratory tract so why such thing happens we have chloride channels in pseudo stratified columnar epithelium so this chloride within cell transferred to outside cell through this chloride channel so when we see our normal physiology where this chloride travel from inside the cell to outside along with bicarbonates and water balancing through the sodium but in cystic fibrosis what happen is this chloride channel is blocked due to the cftr gene hence the water is intracellular now outside the cell there is no water hence the periciliary fluid is not hydrated now which will lead to turning viscid and thick 
सो दिस थिकंड पेरीसिलियरी फ्लूड विल ब्लॉक और अफेक्ट द मुमेंट ऑफ सिलियस दैट इज सीडोस्ट्रैटिफाइड कॉलमनर इपिथेलियम हेन्स आवर म्यूकोसिलियरी एस्केलेटर इज नॉट वर्किंग नाउ विच वॉज द प्रोटेक्शन मेकैनिजम ऑफ अवर रेस्पायरेटरी ट्रैक दिस ऑल हैपन ड्यू टू द ब्लॉकेज ऑफ द क्लोराइड चैनल ड्यू टू द डिफेक्ट और द डिलिटेशन इन द सी एफ टी आर जीन विच विल लीड टू डिहाइड्रेशन इन द पेरीसिलियरी फ्लूड द फ्लूड बिकम थिक एंड विसिड एंड हेन्स द क्लियरेंस इज अफेक्टेड दैट इज द म्यूकोसिलियरी क्लियरेंस ऑफ द म्यूकस by this pseudostratified columnar epithelium the stagnant viscid thick mucus will be the home for various bacteria and lead to various secondary infections revising everything again it is an defect of cftr gene which is genetically acquired condition and autosomal recessive pattern which will lead to production of cftr protein which will block further the chloride channels of the respiratory system or the respiratory tract where pseudostratified columnar epithelium perform its mucociliary activity and due to the accumulation of the water bicarbonates and chloride it will lead to dehydration of the mucus that is periciliary fluid in this thick viscid mucus the cilia cannot work efficiently which will lead to stagnancy of the mucus and creates the background for the various bacteria to grow inside so first time the cystic fibrosis was observed into pancreas where it becomes shrunken dry or present with the cyst so this cystic fibrosis involved in various organs of the body we have seen about lungs next one comes is git where pancreas is involved which will lead to in long run type 2 diabetes mellitus it also affect the liver where in bile it causes biliary stasis and lead to biliary cirrhosis in future so this was in brief about cystic fibrosis i am going to elaborate everything in few minutes along with the thickening of the periciliary fluid it also turn acidic as the bicarbonates are not able to go out from the cell they are trapped inside the cell as this chloride pump is not working so the environment of the periciliary fluid turns to acidic along with that the mucociliary clearance is hampered hence the inhaled bacteria cannot be taken out from the lung so the commonest infection of staphylococcus aureus and haemophilus influenzae occurred in long run the pseudomonas aeruginosa acquired the lung the pseudomonas is a nasty bacteria it undergo mucoid transformation post to this mucoid transformation the pseudomonas form an biofilm in the lung which is resistant to the antibiotics this film forms a layer in the lung where the antibiotics can't reach and lead to resistance because the antibiotics cannot penetrate the film so this is a thick tenacious secretion in the lung which will further lead into the bronchiectasis that is the large airway diseases patient present with the productive cough and this lung airway disease cycle starts now let us see the pathology of the cystic fibrosis in different organs starting from lungs it begins with bronchiolitis follicular plugging of the airways 
with this tenacious secretion so this bronchiolitis turns to bronchitis and in long run it turns to bronchiectasis that is a large airway dilated area filled with pus and lead to recurrent pneumonia due to the lack of medical facilities the patient may undergo death so this was about lower respiratory tract what about upper respiratory tract in upper respiratory tract it causes recurrent sinusitis and nasal polyps which will lead to the symptoms like nasal stuffiness in gastrointestinal system it affects mainly the pancreas where the pancreatic secretion are also thick and viscid and they are not able to come out leading to the local damage so it will majorly lead to exocrine insufficiency as well as the recurrent episodes of acute and chronic pancreatitis the size of the pancreas turning small and the pancreas is replaced by the fibrophytic tissues so in future this person is going to have diabetes mellitus along with that it affect the pancreatic enzymes like amylase level and lipase level it lead to decrease in their level and leading to non absorption of the substance and the nutrients from the food we take leading to malabsorption syndrome and failure to thrive and to gain weight in the children's our next organ is liver where due to this biliary stasis as all fluids are going to thick and viscid ends up into the biliary cirrhosis of secondary variety as it is caused due to the cystic fibrosis the primary cause for the biliary cirrhosis is autoimmune due to an antibody called as antimitochondrial antibody so this biliary cirrhosis is presented with the features of obstructive jaundice and the prolongation of the physiological jaundice in the fetus also the absence of cystic duct the jaundice goes on deteriorating and hence the person required the liver transplant along with the lung transplant our next organ involved in cystic fibrosis are esophagus and duodenum where the glands present in the duodenum and the esophagus known as brunner's gland are damaged so this brunner's gland are filled with mucus and not their normal secretion hence they are not able to neutralize the acid coming from the stomach that will increase the incidence of duodenal ulcers as acid is not able to neutralize which is coming from stomach our next system where cystic fibrosis affect is genitourinary system where the cervical mucus which is thin out on the 14th day of the cycle that is menstrual cycle which is known as spin barket so this cervical mucus get thin out during the 14th day of the menstrual cycle during the ovulation which facilitate entry of the sperm and support the fertilization but in cystic fibrosis female the cervical mucus is thick and tenacious which will lead to the formation of mucus plug and the female get conception issues or the infertility by any chance or using artificial reproductive technique the female undergone pregnancy there will be the probability of 1 is to 1 that the pregnancy will be successful or not it depends upon the lung function report of this female if the female is getting dyspnea on walking to washroom so she can't be able to survive in the process of delivery and labor therefore the lung function of this female is very important so this was about female what happen in male in male there is normal sexual function and ejaculation 
but there is azoospermia which will lead to infertility the patient may also present with agenesis of fast difference or any malformation of epididymis or not developed seminal vesicle so because of this genetical malformations the male patient is always infertile if you consider a child with cystic fibrosis it will undergo on the following process as the early obstructive airway diseases on late run which converted into the pulmonary fibrosis and at last the lungs are shrunken so to maintain or to avoid the harmful bacteria and the secondary infection the tobaramycin nebulization on weekly basis should be done in the children's if an teenager comes with bronchiectasis along with this purulent sputum then there are maximum chance of cystic fibrosis in this patient the dilated airways of the bronchiectasis can be seen and appreciated on the chest x-ray and the chest ct next are the clinical features with which the patient may present to us first one is the chronic cough which is productive and purulent that is foul smelling and containing pus the patient may have shortness of the breath and dyspnea on exertion the patient may be suffering with corpulmonal that is right ventricular failure due to the non cardiogenic cause that is cystic fibrosis the corpulmonal can be identified with the elevated jugular venous pressure and pedal edema we can also get the symptoms of obstructive airway diseases for example the anterior posterior diameter of the chest is increased that is the barrel chest on examination we can get the hyperresonance in the chest along with clubbing patient may be presented with the sudden onset respiratory deterioration where the important cause will be pneumothorax the patient may have massive hemoptysis with sudden hypotension and the hemodynamic compromise occurs this is also known as purulent lung disease in upper respiratory tract the patient may be presented with the nasal stuffiness in gastrointestinal tract in just born children we can get the abdominal distension with multiple air filled loops in the x-ray this can be due to the delayed passage of meconium that is the first stool of the baby the important causes for the delayed passage of meconium are anorectal malformation along with hispungs disease and cystic fibrosis physiologically this meconium is passed within 48 hours of the delivery but in condition of cystic fibrosis the meconium get inspissated in the colon which is known as meconium ileus so here the meconium gets dry up and solidified and get trapped the investigation that can be done for the meconium ileus is gastrogaffin enema which is the treatment of choice which soften this stool and it can be removed easily along with that we can have the syndromes like distal intestinal obstruction syndrome and rectal prolapse the next organ involved is pancreas where i talked about the pancreatic secretions getting solidified which leading to decrease in the level of amylase and lipase decrease in level of amylase which lead to non absorption of sugar and decrease in the level of lipase will lead to steatorrhea as the fat is not absorbed and excreted through the feces the patient may suffer with osmotic diarrhea and malabsorption with respect to the sugar along with steatorrhea 
the newborn fetus can undergo failure to thrive and protein energy malnutrition as the fat is not absorbed the fat soluble vitamins like vitamin e and vitamin k are not absorbed which will lead to hemolytic anemia due to the deficiency of vitamin e which will lead to abnormal rbc formation known as acanthocyte the vitamin k deficiency will inhibit the formation of gamma carboxylation of four clotting factors that is 2 7 9 and 10 which will lead to bleeding disorders like purpura patient presented with liver cirrhosis will be presented with icterus ascites and hypersplenism due to more rbcs are killed and the development of caput medusae or the bleeding varices this is because of uncompensated liver dysfunction along with that in genito urinary system the patient may be presented with infertility that we have discussed the next thing that cystic fibrosis affect is sweat gland so let us check out normal physiology first normally when a person working out or going in hot summer will have the sweat which contains water and salt if the person is working in heavy summer and lot of heat the patient may undergone heat exhaustion or dehydration and may lead to muscle cramps due to the loss of salt but our body physiology mechanisms work for the reabsorption this salt and chloride for that reabsorption we have epithelial sodium channels which actively participate in the reabsorption of the salt into the body this is known as epithelial reabsorption but when a patient of cystic fibrosis go in hot environment and he get sweat the loss of sodium potassium and water will be excessive that is the salt loss is excessive this excessive salt loss will lead to the activation of the ras system that is renin angiotensin aldosterone system basically what happening due to this hot summer the sweat is passing and with this sweat the loss of salt and water is taking place which should be normally reabsorbed as this chloride and sodium channel are not working the epithelial reabsorption not take place that will lead to activation of the protective mechanism of the body that is ras system that is renin angiotensin aldosterone system which will lead to increase in the level of aldosterone which will lead to absorption of sodium and water from the kidney but at the cost of potassium and hydrogen so the potassium and hydrogen are lost into the urine and the sodium and chloride are not getting reabsorbed so basically we are getting double loss of the electrolyte that will lead to hypochloremic hypokalemic metabolic alkalosis that is the loss of chlorine from the sweat gland and the loss of potassium from the urine and the loss of hydrogen leading to the alkalosis in the body leading to hypochloremic hypokalemic metabolic alkalosis in the body the newborn babies will be presented with the complaint of frosting of skin that is when the water get evaporate of the sweat the salt stick to the skin and when the mother kisses to the child it will lead to a salty taste in her mouth and hence the syndrome is called as salty baby syndrome the mother will complain that when i kiss my fetus it tastes salty 
Now let's move towards next section where we have diagnostic criteria. So the patient may be presented with the typical clinical features of cystic fibrosis that is the respiratory system has COPD or any suppurative lung disease bronchiectasis or in GIT we have meconium ileus history and the malabsorption syndrome which may be presented with osmotic diarrhea to stratoria. In genitourinary system the patient may have the cervical mucus plug in females and in males we have azospermia. As the condition is autosomal recessive there is history of cystic fibrosis in siblings or the family history that we call. We can also have the positive newborn screening test which confirms by the immunoreactive trypsinogen. Along with that we have some investigations like sweat chloride level which is more than 60 milliequel per liter in two separate days. More specifically two separate laboratories can made the diagnosis of cystic fibrosis. Next investigation will be DNA sequencing where at least two mutations for the cystic fibrosis should be present. Next one is abnormal nasal potential difference test. So if you suspect the case of cystic fibrosis you have to start your investigation with the sweat chloride level which should be more than 60 milliequel per liter which should be performed on two consecutive day and performed twice in more specifically two different laboratories. So this investigation sweat chloride performs on the method of pilocarpine electrophoresis. So this pilocarpine electrophoresis worked as the pilocarpine is a cholinergic compound which activates the postganglionic fibers related to the sweat and the sweat is collected and is evaluated for the chloride level. But this sweat chloride test can also come false positive that is the patient may not be suffering with the cystic fibrosis but it comes positive in some endocrine diseases such as anorexia nervosa that is person inducing vomiting and avoiding food for long days along with Addison's disease, congenital adrenal hyperplasia, nephrogenic diabetes insipidus. Also the patient may have false negative that is the patient is suffering from cystic fibrosis but he is getting negative result. It can be happened in malnutrition and edema. As stated earlier the sweat chloride level should be more than 60 milliequel per liter on two separate readings. But what happens if we get equivocal reporting that is we get two reports with 150 and 165. So we are getting two opposite poles. The case is non-confirmatory. Here we have to perform the transepithelial nasal potential difference test. That will be the confirmatory for cystic fibrosis. Also we can perform the DNA testing where at least two mutations should be present. We can perform the fecal elastase level to check out the malabsorption component of the disease. Along with that we can perform pulmonary function test to check out the status of lungs where in initial state of disease we have the obstructive lung diseases in the latter part of disease we have scarring in the lungs and patient may be presented as the interstitial lung disease or the restrictive airway disease manifestation. The pulmonary function test is also important in the pregnancy. Along with that you can check out HbA1c which should be more than 6.5% for the type 2 
diabetes mellitus you can investigate the chest x-ray and the hrct of the chest to diagnose the bronchiectasis and the dilated airways you can also perform the sputum culture to diagnose the pseudomonas which is colonizing the airway and producing the biofilm and resistant to antibiotics for the treatment of the cystic fibrosis in modern medicine we have human recombinant technology which produces the drugs known as dnas or dorns so this drug decrease the tenacity and the viscosity and increase antibiotic penetration and helps in cuffing out the sputum we can also use n acetylcysteine along with beta agonist nebulization that improves the oxygen saturation and the airways get dilated the oxygen goes in which build up the stamina of the person and the patient may remove the sputum by himself the patient can be nebulized with hypotonic saline that is up to 7% hypotonic which draws the water from the cells to the airway which liquefies the consistency of the mucus and it can be cuffed out the patient may be nebulized with tovaramycin weekly to reduce the chance of colonization of different bacteria you can also perform the chest percussions or the chest physiotherapy to remove the mucus that is trapped into the lung for the pathognomonic organisms such as bulholderia cypacea the antibiotics like meropenem should be used if the patient is colonized by aspergillus and leading to aspergillic bronchopulmonary aspergilloma the steroids can be used it is an hypersensitive reaction to the aspergillus which will lead to conditions like asthma where we get the central bronchiectasis over the ct chest and by investigation of serum precipitin and antibody against it as it is a fungus itraconazole can be used along with the steroids ivacaftor is a medicine that can be used pharmacologically for the loss of chloride conductance it helps to improve the secretion so the ivacaftor given orally 150 mg pd that is twice a day which improves the chloride conductance and reduce the pulmonary exacerbation the best advice is prenatal diagnosis that is diagnosis before birth that can be diagnosed with the chorionic villi sampling or amniocentesis as the disease has high mortality rate it is advised to take the tobaramycin nebulization on weekly basis to avoid the colonization with the bacteria so this was about the modern medicine treatment for cystic fibrosis on approach in homeopathy i may suggest the use of bryonia as we have dryness in the mucous membrane and everywhere the dryness is seen it was my idea to use bryonia but the best medicine should be the constitutional and the individualized remedy as it is a genetical condition so we have to take care a lot as it has high mortality rate so we have to take the treatment properly so friends this ends my talk if you like the talk do share to your friends and colleagues for any kind of doubt you can dm me at my instagram handle sanketloda101 thank you for your patient hearing until next time peace out